Welcome to Newbridge Christian Community, a place we experience perfection unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Join us as Pastor David Ogenero teaches and divides the word of truth. Be blessed as you listen to the sermon. In Christ, we are God's new breed. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12. It says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. He said, at this point, you are supposed to be teachers. He was talking to a church here, the Hebrew church. He was saying that at the point, everybody in the church was supposed to be able to teach. Wow, mala shooting. That means if we are doing our work properly, at a point, and if there's, if the people, it's not just about us, it's about the people too. <laughs> because Paul was telling by now, you people, you're supposed to have been teachers by now. At a point, if I do not work properly, and if the people are responding properly, the average, quote unquote, the normal Christian is supposed to be proficient enough to go out, preach, teach the gospel to the unsaved. Are you following me? To share the gospel among the saved. and bless lives, and build them up. He's supposed to be able to raise combat of his own, even though he's not a pastor by a local church, he's supposed to be able to raise combat. He's supposed to be passionate about the work of the ministry. See, for COVID-19, everybody's donating billions because they knew COVID, coronavirus is a deadly disease. The disease we are dealing with, the disease that the church came to treat is beyond coronavirus. Is something that will affect the man both in this world and in the world to come. It's an eternal disease. It, it, it will take you to hell. From hell, it will take you to the lake of fire. And after the lake of fire, he will be there for more than a thousand years. After the beast comes out and is destroyed at the pastor of Armageddon, he will go back and continue again. <laughs> if you if a person comes the revelation that salvation is so you will. It says, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need I want to again the first principles. That means in the gospel of God, of Christ, there are first principles of the oracles of God. The first principles of the oracles of God and have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Do you see this? Now, verse 14 says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those by reason of use have their senses exercised to the same both good and evil. Chapter 6, verse 1. So, he says, therefore, Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Now, in Hebrews chapter 6, from verse 1, we can see that gradually he's listing out the principles. Praise the Lord. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again what, what the foundation of repentance from dead works. So that's number one. Every day I'm writing this thing. Foundation of repentance. Number two, and of faith toward God. Number three, of the doctrine of baptisms. We have treated all these ones. Number four, number four, laying on of hands. Number four, laying on of hands. Number five, Resurrection of the dead and number six, eternal judgment. So we can say from how far we've gone, we've treated the foundation of repentance. The foundation of repentance. Somebody is saying David is right like the doctor. And faith towards God. Final of repentance from dead works. We have treated final of repentance, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, and now we are the resurrection of the dead. Amen. Amen. So today is going to be the last class for resurrection of the dead. I'll try and run through everything we've looked at and make sure we finish this topic today. So that next week Monday we enter eternal judgment. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have done part one, part two, and part this is going to be part three of resurrection of the dead. So what is the resurrection of the dead about? The principle of the doctrine of resurrection of the dead. 
It can be summarized in the following ways, or it can be explained in simple ways like this. From the doctrine of resurrection of the dead, we understand that Adam sinned and experienced death. Praise the Lord. Adam sinned and began to experience death. This death was first of all spiritual and later became physical. You know, God told Adam, the day you eat of this fruit, you, you surely die. Adam ate of the fruit, he did not fall down on the ground, but his body became naked, signifying that something had happened in his spirit. Adam had become one with darkness, he had become dead. Praise the Lord. Adam had partaken of the fruit that God told him not to partake of, and Adam died spiritually. Later on, it began to manifest in his body. We saw in the first class that the, the age of man began to reduce. Adam lived to a certain age and died. The next person lived to a certain age and died. I think the first Adam was 930. The next person was 910. The next person was 895. The came and did 696. But it kept on reducing. The, the Hebrew Bible reads, in dying you will die. So, physical death was the result of spiritual death. So, death was alien to God's plan for humanity, but Adam's sin brought it in. You know, I said at the first class that the doctrine of resurrection of the dead is based on the fact that God created man to live forever. Praise the Lord. Now, Death was alien to God's plan, and Adam's sin brought it in. Romans chapter 5 from verse 12. Let's just look at that quickly. Romans 5 from verse 12. The Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Do you see that? So as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death is the result of sin. Praise the Lord. Sickness is the result of sin. Every form of death is the result of sin. COVID-19 is the result of sin. The job of a pastor is a very serious job. You know, we invited a, a, a minister some time ago. And after inviting this minister of God, we gave her a seat. And she was surprised that it was not something big, but she didn't expect us at our level to give her a seat. I said, no, I don't joke with the, the minister. The minister of God is not a motivational speaker. I'm telling you, the minister of God is the result of Christ's ascension. The Bible says when he ascended up on high, he left captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He gave some pastors, some evangelists. It's, it's not just that somebody else, no, carrying the Bible and just that saying something. When a person is a minister of the gospel, by, in fact, by, by just honoring the person, there's a blessing you receive. Are you following me? Yes. It says, from a spirit as by one man sinned the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Death came by sin. But Christ's redemptive work abolished sin and its consequences, therefore delivering man from spiritual death. Now, if Christ's redemptive work deals with sin and its consequences, it must influence spiritual death and physical death. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the Bible talks about it. That's what resurrection of the dead really is about. How that, that the gospel of Christ influences both your spiritual life, your spirit man, and is going to influence your physical body. Let's look at it. Second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one from verse eight. It says, Second Timothy chapter one from verse eight it says. Be not that therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, 
nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Verse 9, who had saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given in Christ Jesus before the world began. Verse 10, that was my emphasis. My emphasis is verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. But it's now made manifest that the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Say amen. amen. So the Bible says that the appearing of Jesus Christ has abolished death. Remember, death came by sin. But Jesus Christ came, he dealt with sin, he abolished death, and he has brought life and immortality to life. He did not just bring life. He brought life and what? Immortality to life. He revealed that man, God's plan to make man live forever, is going to be restored to man through the gospel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He brought what? Life and immortality. Somebody say life. Life. And immortality. And immortality. He abolished death and revealed immortality. Thus, according to the salvation plan or the chapter of the gospel, the body of man is also included. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The body of man is also included. And if, like I began to explain to you that these things are principles. So you will see that as the apostles began to explain the gospel of Christ in the epistles, you will see that in the gospel, resurrection is a major pillar. You know, we looked at some of all those things earlier on, where we are children of the resurrection. Jesus Christ will call all those from the grave. We differ between the grave and the dead. We looked at a lot of that. But let's see how much we can touch today. Now, the sin of man influenced Adam's spirit, Adam's soul, and Adam's body. That means the redemption must also influence Adam's spirit, Adam's soul, and Adam's body. Somebody say amen. amen. You see, when you get born again, God recreates your spirit. God makes your spirit brand new. But you see, that's not all about the redemptive work. The redemptive work must influence your spirit, your soul, and your body. What, at what point is your body also going to get the full dose of that redemptive work? And the resurrection of the dead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because when you get born again, you are recreated and you are born anew. First Peter chapter 1 from verse 3. Let's look at this. First Peter chapter 1 from verse 3. It says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. Say, he has begotten me again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, because he rose from the dead, I have become a new man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If he died alone and did not resurrect, he would have paid for my sins, but I would have still been an old man in sin. It is his resurrection that made it possible for the new man to be born. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We, we thought time and time again in the doctrine of baptism that we, at Christ's redemptive work, God made sure that we were one with him, so that his death became our death. His burial became our burial, and his resurrection becomes our re resurrection. So this thing begins first in your spirit, but it must also find expression fully in your body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, if you study the epistles, you will see them talk about the resurrection, about the redemption or the resurrection in such that, a way that there is a resurrection that has happened, and there is a resurrection that will happen. There is a redemption that has happened. And there is a redemption that will happen. Are you following me? Yes. Follow me here carefully. Follow me. Hey, it's nice to see you. Amen. 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 Okay. So let's look at some verses of the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. 
from verse 13. I, I, I hope we are gaining something. Yes, Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 13. It says, it's talking about Christ here, Ephesians 1 from verse 13. It says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Let me go over that again. He's talking about Christ. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that after after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. After me, I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14. Which is the earnest, that one earnest, that means down payment, which is the earnest of our inheritance. He is the first layer of our inheritance. He is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Amen. Amen. The redemption of the purchased possession, when is this going to happen? At the coming of the Lord, at the day of Christ. So he's the seal, he's the earnest. Actually, what that means is if you have the Holy Ghost, you are not going to miss that coming of Christ. If you have the Holy Spirit, it is the assurance that at the coming of Christ, you will be a partaker of that redemption. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I can't wait for me. May Sunday services are repeating concerning making heaven one by one. What was the Bible teach of making heaven? Rapture. Then June Sundays concerning the eternal salvation. We will be handling is salvation eternal? Can a person lose the salvation? Okay, what if we see people that seemingly lose their salvation? What does the Bible say? You will not realize that 40% of people. I know saved. We'll be addressing the signs one by one. Boom, boom, boom. There are people that I remember teaching this one time in Lagos. And after the service, the cameraman came to me. The money we gave him as payment, he gave me back. <laughs> I said, sir, what happened? He said, the teaching is enough. You paid me. See, everything you're talking about is me. Say, <laughs> it's me. Take. So I prayed with him. When going back home, one of them said, This is why we cannot be indifferent about doctrine. You see, we. We need to be school, so schooled in this thing because there is a lot of force. Well, the, the Christian faith has a strong battle to fight, especially for the coming years. Now, just look at the Christian faith. There's a lot of shapes, types, and shadows. Ekaka, crystal consciousness. I'm talking about the ones in Botakoto. Grail message. Amok, Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, somebody may say, we are not judging them. We are all serving the same God. No, there is a way that God has explained. For instance, Jehovah's Witnesses say that Jesus is not God. That statement may look harmless, but that is very disturbing. To claim that Jesus is not God is to fault the incarnation. So what happens to verses like 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16? For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was made manifest in the flesh. Preached in the world, justified in the spirit. God was made manifest in the flesh. What happens to scriptures like 2 Corinthians 5, from verse 21, from verse 19? To which God was in Christ. Not in putting the trespasses unto him, unto men, but reconciling the world to himself and has given unto us the word of reconciliation. What happens to verse like that? What you are saying is that his death does not have the power of divinity to save. 
He was fully God and fully man. He was God enough to save you, but man enough to die for you. He was man enough to die for me, but God enough to save me. If the Christian is not strong in the coming years, especially with everything that has been going on, now God will need a lot of Christians who are foot soldiers, who they can walk on the road and pass the message. Praise the Lord. So there is a redemption of the purchased possession. It is coming. Now, let's look at Ephesians 4 from the starting. Ephesians 4 verse 30. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed. See that word sealed again. Say after me, I'm sealed. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. Amen. Which redemption is this? The redemption of the physical body. Why, why does it call it the redemption of the physical body? Because it is at that day that your body will fully experience the redemptive work of Christ. Now, let me explain something else. Why does he use that word purchased possession? Because you see, when Christ died, Christ died your death so that he can purchase your body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The reason why we can rebuke sicknesses in our bodies is because when Christ died, he gave his body in exchange for our own body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our body has been purchased by the blood of Christ. Our body has been purchased by the blood and body of Christ. He gave his body so that he can redeem our body. Say amen. Amen. Right now, it is illegal for the devil to put sickness on our body because he has already put it on the body of Jesus. Our body has been bought. It is the purchased possession. 1 Corinthians 6. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God. If you can, let's just pray in tongues as you are opening to that. Rikata koseke palakode brekete koshigaba longo broko shigaba baba o sadeke te broko shigaba laba lingada baraka baba baba gashigada gada. Thank you, Lord. You are, you are, you are the great God. You are. First Corinthians six. You are, you are the great God. First Corinthians six, from verse eleven, it says, "And such were some of you, but they are washed." Hallelujah. Amen. Say after me, I'm washed. I am washed. But they are washed. They are sanctified. They are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's true. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meat for the belly and the belly for meat, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. See verse 14. And God had both raised up the Lord, and God has both raised up the Lord, and will also raise us up by his own power. Do you see that? And God has both raised up the Lord, will also raise us up by his own power. Why? See that the answer why God even though, the answer why after that God has raised up the Lord, He also raised us up by His own power. He's found in verse 15. See verse 15. Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ? How shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members with, of an harlot? God forbid. So the reason why God will raise us up is because our bodies are the members of Christ. We have been joined to Christ at the redemptive work of Christ. Are you following me? Yes. You know how we explain the doctrine of baptism? That the doctrine of baptism can be explained in one word, oneness. We have become one with him. So when I believe in Jesus Christ, my physical body, not just my spirit, my physical body has been made one with Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My physical body, my physical body has been made one with Christ. My physical body has been made one with Christ. Just as my spirit has been made one with Christ. So as God has raised up Christ, He will raise up my own body. That's what He's saying here. And as God has both raised up the Lord, 
He will also raise us up by his own power. Verse 15, know you know that your bodies are members of Christ. How then shall I take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. Verse 16, what? Know you know that he that is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Verse 17, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Hey, say after me, I'm joined unto the Lord. He, he told you earlier on, your bodies are members of Christ. So he has laid the foundation of your body being members of Christ. Now he's saying that if you are joined unto the Lord, you are one spirit. So we are joined unto the Lord, not just in body, but in spirit. Not just in spirit, but in body. Say after me, I'm joined unto the Lord. Not just in body, but in spirit. Not just in spirit, but with body. See how he's bringing it interchangeably. First, he was talking about body. Then he switches to talk about spirit. Then you see, he, has, he will switch again to start talking about body. He says, verse 16. What? Knowing that he that is joined unto the Lord, joined unto an harlot is one body, for two is seared and one flesh. Verse 17. For he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Verse 18. Free fornication. Every sin that the man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. Verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body. Now, he has switched the body again. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Do you see that now? So the, our body is the purchased possession because we have been bought with a price. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. So now, you, this is the conclusion, in your body and your spirit. So that have your body, body and spirit. And spirit spirit, spirit and, body. and body. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now what God's there is a possessive noun. They belong to God. Sadly, my body belongs to God. My spirit belongs to God. So the reason why he will raise us up, even as he raised up Christ, is because our body belongs to God, our spirit belongs to God. You see, at the recreation, at when we believed in Jesus Christ, God gave us a new spirit. The Bible says a new heart will I put within them. A new spirit will I give them. We got a new spirit, but we are going to receive a new body. Hallelujah! Amen. Tell that we had a new spirit, we have a new but we will receive a new body. We will receive a new body. That's why the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the down payment. Now, in between when we had a new spirit, And a new body. The Holy Spirit's work, which is the earnest of our redemption, the down payment. The Holy Spirit will be giving us a foretaste. The Holy Spirit will be giving us what? A foretaste of the coming life. At the coming life, this body will be completely perfect, but in this present life, we experience healing. Are you seeing this? Are that coming life? Are that redemptive completion of that redemptive work in our body? The body will be completely perfect, but at right now we are experiencing divine healing. When our body falls sick by the power of the Holy Spirit, we rebuke sickness. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm trying to go through all of the points. Because today is the last class on resurrection of the dead. Ephesians 5, from verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleans it with the washing of water by the word, that he may present it to himself, a glorious church, having not having spot nor wrinkle any such thing that it should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, so men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Do you see that? Love your wives as your own bodies, because he that loveth his wife loveth himself. Him, according to the scripture, he's saying that 
the husband and wife are one flesh. So let's continue. Verse 29. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord, the church. Verse 30. Why? For we are members of his body. He's repeating it here again. See, this is not just, yes, I, I know I'm teaching it for doctrine, but these are verses that are supposed to build your faith. Whenever you see sickness in your body, tell yourself, I'm a member of his body. For we are members of his body. That means he nourishes and cherishes me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Read verse 29 to verse 30. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it. Even as the Lord, the church, for we are members of his body. That means the Lord nourishes me. Say after me, the Lord nourishes me. The Lord nourishes me. Have you ever gone to a point where you are lacking provision? You are lacking food to eat. You are lacking this. You are lacking that. Go back to this verse and say, I'm a member of the Lord's body. You stay on it. You meditate. Remember what we talked about on Thursday? You meditate on it. I'm a member of the Lord's body. Oh, I'm a member of the Lord's body. The Lord nourishes me. The Lord cherishes me. When you are doing it, it may look like you are wasting your time, but your spirit man is receiving signals. Amen. Amen. Let's just stay on that word a little bit. Begin to just pray in tongues and do what I'm saying. I'm a member of the Lord's body. The Lord nourishes me. The Lord cherishes me. My body is a member of the Lord's body. I'm a member of the Lord's body. For we are members of his bones and of his flesh. For we are members of his flesh and of his bones. I'm a member of his flesh and of his bones. I'm a member of his flesh and of his bones. Thank you, Father. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 1. It says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, Kyle, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That earthly house of this tabernacle is talking about the physical body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It says, For we know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, eternal in the heavens. Do you know what this means? A man does not believe in Christ. If his body is dissolved, he does not have a building of God. He has eternal building waiting for him, eternal damnation building waiting for him. If this body were dissolved, we have a building of God, eternal in the heavens. That's the new body. And house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Mark that word. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. That mortality might be swallowed up of life. Let me read verse 4 again. Let me explain something there. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not that we will be unclothed. Mark that word. He's saying, remember he called this tabernacle an earthly body, right? He says, we are not praying that we will be unclothed. What is that kind of trying to say that we are not praying that we will die? But we are praying that even as we are here right now, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we'll talk about this later. When the rapture is coming, the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise up first, and us who are who remain. Have ever heard people say this like, nobody wants to die, but everyone wants to make heaven? It's not everyone that will die to make heaven. That scripture, that statement is not completely true. He said everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. It's not everybody that will die to go to heaven. Mm -mm. So for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being body, not that we will be unclothed. We are not praying that, that this body will be dissolved. We are not praying that we will die. But we are praying. Endlessly designed that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Verse 5. Now, 
He that had wrought us for the self same thing. What does this mean? He that has prepared us for this thing is God, who also had given unto us the earnest of the spirits. So, God, what I'm trying to show you here is God has God has preparing you for this. The person who has prepared, what is saying in verse 5 is the person who is preparing you for this new body is God. Who has done what he has given us the earnest of the spirit. The earnest of the spirit. The first fruit, the down payment of the spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, even though we don't have the new body right now, we can begin to see experiences of it. He has given us what? The earnest. The down payment. And that's new, that body clothed from heaven. It will be completely perfect. But right now, we can begin to experience a foretaste of it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, some people may say, when we talk about this, the direction of the dead, okay, I rejoice that Christ will give me a new body. What about now? He has given you the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Yes, a new body is coming. What about now? You have the down payment, the earnest of the spirit. Praise the Lord. Okay. Have those three major scriptures and a round of glory to God. <laughs> you don't know that feeling the pastor had when you have been trying to get to a particular place. Every time you try, something will happen and you will not meet up. Teachers in school understand the scheme of work. When the exam is coming and you've not finished your scheme, I'm happy I've covered to this point. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, before we go on, I want you to understand that resurrection of the dead is a very serious part of the gospel. In fact, the Bible shows us that that was part of what the apostles were preaching. It was part of their message. So much that people even hated them for it. Let me, let me show you something. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 from verse 1. Acts chapter 4 from verse 1 to 2. The Bible says, and as they speak unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, let me read it properly. And as they came unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the, and the Sadducees came upon them. Verse 2 tells us why. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So, one of the things the apostles were preaching everywhere was that, see, through Jesus you will rise again. Are you following this? Yes, sir. They were telling them that, see, through Jesus, even though you die, that's not the end. It was part of the reasons why they beat them. I put down some instances here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 17. Let's see another one. In fact, that Acts, that's whenever, whenever I read, whenever I read that account in Acts chapter 17, it made me laugh. Because Paul finished preaching to them and they said, We agree, but you see this original of the but I <laughs> Now now they will go talk out. Nobody now will go talk out. Let me read for you. Acts chapter 17. From verse. Okay. From the Acts 17, from verse 30. So Paul went to a place called Athens and saw them worshiping some strange gods and all that, and he preached to them. And verse 29, Acts 17, from verse 29, he says, For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art and man's device. So he saw them worshipping stones and gold and all that. And see how Paul is thinking. Paul is saying that we are the offsprings of God. For in him we live, 
we move and have our being. He was actually quoting one of their poets. You know, people say, for him we live, we move and have our being. That was actually one of the Athenian poets that said that, and Paul quoted it, he used it to preach the gospel to them. See this, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Verse 29. For as much as we are the offerings of God, we should not think, because since we are, we are from God or we are the offerings of God, don't think that the God who created us is a gold. Don't think it's a stone, because you are not a stone. Are you seeing this argument here? For as much as we are the offerings of God, we ought not to think that the God is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance, God has wintered, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Verse 31, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he had ordained, wherefore he had given assurance to all men in that he raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked and said, we hear again of this matter. <laughs> see, when they heard, ah, resurrection of the dead. You see, many believe that Jesus Christ died, even around the world till today. A young man came and I was preaching to him. You know, some people, when they go to school, um, they think they know everything. Fresh boy has gone abroad to do one or two things. This is why I was, I was carrying when he was a baby. Now he's coming for me. I called him, I said, I want to share. He said, I believe Jesus died, but I think the real man died, did he resurrect? See, you in children's session with the chief. I love Jesus. He's my now you're not telling me do you believe he's resurrected. But it is faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ that gets you saved. Actually, it is faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 10 10 says, If thou shalt believe in the mouth, thou shalt believe in the heart, and confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You don't, need, you don't need faith to accept that they killed the man, but you need faith to accept that the man rose up. And Paul is saying, if you believe in him, if you raise him up, he will also raise you up. Hallelujah. Say amen. Amen. If, the God, if God can raise up Christ from the, from the grave, how much more immortal body that is here? If somebody died, went to the grave, and God raised him up, how much more? That is the biggest miracle ever. How much more your day-to-day activities? How much more food, money? Romans chapter 8. Okay. Good. Romans 8. I go to Romans 8. Romans 8 is long. Romans 8 is long. It will take us somewhere. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. Ah, you will like this one. Because I'm going to say some other things here. Especially with what is going on around. Everybody, many people, many people are. Somebody actually put online today that this is the end of the world, that they have opened the first seal, that Revelation talked about um, that seven horses, seven seals, somebody came on a horse and opened a seal that it was given to him power to affect the world with famine, pestilence, and diseases. That coronavirus is one of the diseases that has come out of that seal. So well done. You think they will open seal and you can stay in your house <laughs> and block. You don't know what? When the Bible talks about those things, see, don't think it. When God wanted to do something, flood came, there's nowhere you run to. There's nowhere you run to. When you want to run and if you like do self isolation, the flood. Enter play, no, no problem. By the time the food will finish, then you come now. First Thessalonians chapter 4, from verse 13. It says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, 
that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Are you seeing his approach? He says, don't sorrow over the dead as long as he's in Christ. That means the Christian faith is beyond death. He says, I will not allow you, I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. We are not hopeless people, are you following me? The Bible says, Christ knew the hope of glory. The Christian faith is greater than death. It's greater than physical death. And greater than spiritual death. He says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, then which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him? Hey, are you seeing that verse? See verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, then which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him? Say, God is bringing me with him. Now, see verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of, an, of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. See verse 18. Comfort one another with these words. Comfort. Look at the approach. Comfort. In fact, in the early church, there is something called cry Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come. They were telling you, come, Lord Jesus. These days, if you preach the covenant of Christ, ah, that's repentance service. <laughs> Jesus is coming. Please, your ways. The Bible says those people they were comforting each other. Relax, Jesus is coming. And do you know why the covenant of Jesus Christ is a scary topic for many people? Because of two things. Many people who are in church are not saved, and many who are saved don't have assurance of salvation. They don't know what it is. Do you realize here, he didn't say, the dead in Christ who are perfectly holy shall rise first. He didn't put any distinction. He just said the dead in Christ shall rise first. So I say, are you not saying that Christians cannot be doing any any because last, last, they will write it in. Uh -uh. Let me, let me deviate a little bit. First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3, let me deviate to, to talk about a little bit of that. First John chapter 3 from verse 1. That's the epistle of John chapter 3 from verse 1. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Say after me, I'm the son of God. <laughs> Wherefore, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be the son of God? Therefore, the world knoweth us, us, knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when it shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. One sign that points to the fact that you are a Christian or that you have the hope of the coming of Christ that you purify yourself. That you purify yourself. Now, it is not your purification of yourself that will take you to heaven. It is because you believe in him that takes you to heaven. That's me snitching. Once, in fact, we we'll talk about all, all of those things. One of the signs you are saved is that a man who is saved will keep on increasing in holiness. Have you ever seen that the Bible says, 
narrow is the way that leads to life, broad is will treat all those things. Minister not to me, Lord, Lord, but I said unto you, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. It's not that amongst Christians that you can be serving God, you can be serving God, you don't know what to not take, make it go to hell. No. God is not that confused. How will you go to hell and he doesn't tell you the reason that made you to go to hell? There is only, only one reason that the person will go to hell, that you refuse to accept that Jesus Christ died for your sins. If you refuse to accept it, you are telling God, I can pay for my own uh, redemption by myself. It was an eternal sacrifice and you will pay for eternity. So we say, okay, what about Christians who intentionally commit sin even after they have believed and accepted Lord Jesus Christ and became born again? A Christian that intentionally commits sin, that continues committing, the Bible says it's not saved, it's not possible. It's serious. Now you see it's serious. I will show you. Let, let me read. Let me read something. You will see. First John 3 verse 5. And do you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. See verse 6. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. For whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Anyway. <laughs> I remember when I, I used this scripture, I'm like, yay. Christians don't continue in sin. A Christian can make a mistake. But the Christian cannot sin as a lifestyle. He cannot wallow in sin. Romans 6. Romans 6. From verse 1. You see Paul talking now. Paul says, What shall we say then? Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2. God forbid. Now, you see why it says God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer, daring? <laughs> what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer, daring? Verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. What's he saying here? Take note of that word in verse 5. For if you have been what? Planted. Now, if you plant mango, hmm? the mango that comes out that you eat, is it the one you planted? Hey. What happens is that when a person believes in Jesus Christ, hmm? God takes your spirit and makes it one with Christ in the spirit. Such that Christ's death begins to affect, in fact, affects that old man. In the spirit, that old man of sin, after Christ pays for your old man by the redemptive work of Christ, after Christ has brought you over, God makes it one with Christ in his death, meaning God destroyed that body of sin. That spiritual system that makes the person to keep on continuing his sin, it is completely annihilated in Christ. That's what is called baptism into his death. Praise the Lord. That's the first stage. God then goes further and recreates a new one that supplants that old one. Praise God. Hallelujah. This new man does not have sin inside. He may make mistakes, but he does not continue in sin. Our job in Christianity, we are, our job is not to try and stop people from sinning. Our job is to get them planted. Oh, Holy Spirit. Mm. This thing I'm teaching here is not a common thing in the church, oh, mm. but it's the Bible. If you meet somebody who is struggling with maybe masturbation, smoking, drinking, that's not, don't try to, it's not by telling him, stop, stop, come on, why do you know? <laughs> Make sure he believes the message. Get him to believe in Jesus Christ. Get him to accept the gospel. Get him to be planted. Once he's planted and the new life begins to forge after a while, the Bible says that how shall we continue in sin 
how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer, Jerry? Many times what happens is that the time when you are preaching to him and when he starts coming to church, that's not the time he has accepted it. It may take a while, but when his heart fully accepts the message and completely understands it, that's when that death begins to happen. All of a sudden, just as Christ died, God begins to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Our job is to get them to focus on the word of God till their heart opens. Once the heart opens and the word of God, of the, the message of Christ enters inside, that the death of Christ becomes the death of their old man. And a new man is born. This new man will begin to desire the things of God. And as time goes on, if you repented, you will keep on repenting. The sign that you repented initially is that you keep on repenting. You will keep on growing. You will see scriptures that talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 7 from verse 1, talk about perfecting holiness. One sign that you truly accepted the message when you believe is that holiness will begin to increase. Right? So the desire for the things of God. So the Bible, you see the apostles talk about checking the believers. You see, the, you see them talk about confirming the saints. When you see somebody who has been coming to church for three years, four years, five years, and is not continuously growing in the things of God, he's not hungry for the things of God, he's not growing, he's not having a consistent passion. Hey, stop. There's work. It's either he's not saved, or he has been saved and he has remains a baby. Most times he's not saved. Because once a baby is born, he will start growing. Once a baby is born, what happens? He starts crying, he's hungry. Hunger will catch him. When a person is truly born again, a time will come when he will start getting hungry for the word. He may not understand it very well, but he just wants to hear the word. He just wants to hear the word. A young man that I preached to some years ago in Makodi messaged me. He said, I don't know, I'm just hungry for the word. I said, okay. He's beginning to say, I'm just, I just want to hear the word. You know what he told me? He said, say anything, preach anything on voice note and send it to me on WhatsApp. <laughs> he said, preach anything, anything, don't say something. Let it, send it to me. So you see the Bible uses if clauses. If you have reason with Christ, set your affection on things above. When you see somebody who is indifferent, indifferent about the things of God, he does not care. Eh? No. Bible study. No, 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 no good. Look at we are here. Man of God came and sat and says, Why? The word. So you see, these things we are saying, they are very serious things. What does this tell you? A person can be in church for six seasons, not saved. A person can be going to church ten years, is not saved. We have them. Ah, there are plenty. There are people. Eh? The life of sin, they are enjoying it. It's not that they are wallowing in it. Eh? They, they are having cruising in it, just cruising, and they are okay. When, we come, when Christ comes, everybody who is saved is going, not those who assume they are saved. Everybody who is saved is going. The most important thing is, are you saved? So after me, I'm saved. I believe the message. Back to 1 Thessalonians 4. He says, from verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus shall God bring with him. Say, God brings me with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, which that, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shouts and the voice of an angel with the, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 18 says, Comfort one another with these words. Now, go to verse 5. Chapter 5, I mean, verse 1. But of the times and seasons, brethren, I have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. 
For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as struggle upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. See verse 4. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Hey! So, the Jesus Christ coming as a thief in the night is not for us. <laughs> ye are the children of light and children of the day. Say after me, we are not of the night. No, of darkness. We are children of light and children of the day. Praise the Lord. The way everybody's quiet here. <laughs> Did I say something? <laughs> something to stop it. Everybody's just totally feeble. They are just, oh, this guy has come again today. <laughs> this pastor David has come. He does this is plenty of explanation. You see, that's what the apostles were doing. And lastly for today, Romans chapter 8. Uh, this one from verse 9 Romans 8 from verse 9 this is but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his remember I told you God has given us the earnest of the spirit right okay he is none of his Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, see verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. Bring the other, bring the other mic. Now, that verse 11 that verse 11 is explaining the mechanism. Verse 11 is explaining the mechanism. How God is going to raise us up. Praise the Lord. Verse 11 is saying, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. This verse is explaining the mechanism how God raises us up. It's by the Spirit. Say after me, by the Spirit. By the Spirit. Now, how do I know that he's talking about the resurrection of the dead? Go to verse 19. Or verse 18. He says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, or let me read from verse 17 to verse 18, verse 19, it says, And if children, talking about us, and if children then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may glorify together. Verse 18. For I record that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestations of the sons of God. That verse. I know we'll be used to say manifestation of the Son of God, the manifestation you will manifest in your office, you will buy a car, you will manifest. Actually, we are manifesting already. Amen. Amen. But that verse, the manifestation of the sons of God, is talking about the, this resurrection of the dead. Let me show you. Verse 18. For I reckon that the sons of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the endless attention of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and traveleth in pain together until now. Don't go into that. Verse 23. Not only they, but ourselves, which have the first fruits of the spirit. Follow me. The words. Which have the first fruits of the spirit. Even ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wait the redemption of our body. Hey. Very many people are not used to this type of teaching. <laughs> it says from verse 20. First. Let me read from verse 22. For we know that 
the whole creation growing and traveling in being together until, until now. And not only they, but ourselves, which have the first fruit of the Spirit. Say after me, I have the first fruit of the Spirit. We, even ourselves, also grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. Waiting for the adoption. To wait. What's that adoption? The redemption of the body. So, that manifestation of the Son of God is when the whole creation right now, we all look alike. Are you following me? We are the unbelievers. We look alike. But the time is coming when at the redemption of our body and the coming of Christ, the creation will be exposed to those who are the real sons of God. When they lift up their eyes and see us going in the cloud, ah, these are the sons of God. The Lord has come for his sons. Remember when Jesus Christ died and rose? The Bible says that the saints that died, all of them, their bodies, the Bible says the graves, they ran to the graves and came out. Because they have died already, and Jesus Christ was rising that time, they followed him. Those of us who are alive now, maybe we die, and our bodies die, and it's coming again, everybody will come again. Those who have died and those of us who are alive. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Say after me, I have the first fruit of the spirit. I have the first fruit of the spirit. My body right now is quickened by the Holy Spirit. And my body to come will be quickened by the Holy Spirit. I will receive the new body by the Holy Spirit. But right now, I have the Holy Spirit. And my body experiences the quickening of the Holy Spirit. That's the doctrine of the resurrection of the day. That if Jesus died and resurrected, us who believe in him, God shall raise us up with him. God shall bring us up with him. But between now and when that will happen, we have the down payment. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to the sermon. We hope you have been blessed by the teaching. Please visit our website, newbridgeccng.org, to download more of our sermons. Remain blessed.